Are you in search for a contractor for your next project? Are you unsure about your plans, needs, and wants for this project? Do you need someone who will get back to you? I can tell you that our goal is to better serve you using proper customer service. Here at Dynamic, we continually improve to make every task and process better for you and your home. In a changing world, find a contractor that maintains a foot in the past for customer relations and a foot in the future to improve your biggest investment. Learn more about Dynamic Innovations for your Dynamic Renovations today at dynamicgeneralcontractingltd.com. You're listening to the Prairie Contractor Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Prairie Contractor Podcast. My name is Kyle Colomb. I'm the owner of Dynamic General Contracting Limited, and I will be your host for this episode. I hope you all enjoyed the Victoria Day long weekend here in Canada. We get the Monday off. Another one of the things I wanted to chat about before we jump into our interview is that I wanted to apologize for the delay in releasing this episode. We're entering into the pretty pretty busy portion of the year for us. We're working on a couple projects where we're repairing the building envelope, removing windows, redetailing, reinstalling windows. So I have to put in quite a bit of time towards that, making sure we're doing the steps correctly, as well as maintaining the important aspects of running a business so there may be for the next little while uh, an inconsistency in the release dates of the episodes but i'm still planning to have regular interviews with all of my fellow trades and sub trades and contractors builders and bringing you some fantastic insight into the construction community in and around the prairies now I'd like to introduce our guest. She is a St. Albert native, new networking partner for Dynamic and our networking group that we're a part of. Now she's the proud owner of Allaire Home St. Albert. Please welcome Kara Murray and enjoy the show. Hi, Kara. Hi, Kyle. How's it going today? It's going really good. Really good. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you very much for joining myself for our, uh, our podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. Awesome. Awesome. Now, uh, I'm going to briefly speak to our connection. So we met through our uh, BNI uh, chapter, BNI Apex in St. Albert. Uh, you're uh, a new member. Uh, I guess, how how is it going? How are you enjoying the BNI lifestyle how, or, or the Kool-Aid? Some might say the Kool-Aid. How are you joining the BNI Kool-Aid? <laughs> you know what? I'm loving it. I, I, I think maybe I've had this vision of what networking was. And I kind of had this vision of everybody shoving their business cards into each other's faces <laughs> and, you know, just not feeling authentic. Yeah. Um, but then, yes, a few people I worked with said, you know, you should really connect through BNI. So I was looking around and I saw 
BNI Apex. And I was like, oh, yeah, they meet at lunch, not at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went as a visitor and I just, everybody in that group, like, I just, everybody was so charming and friendly and outgoing, yeah. and genuine. And, and um, so, yeah, what has it been? Two months now? And it just, that's the type of networking I really like. It's like yeah. so based on friendships and relationships and really wanting to help. And I find you don't have to really push your business because people are interested in it and asking you about it. And um, I'm, I drank the Kool-Aid. I'm caught right up in it. I'm like, Ooh, who can I refer to? And, you know, who can I help get their business cards out? And uh, it's a great group of people. I immediately loved everybody. It's yeah. a happening place for sure. I, I mean... I can't speak highly enough of, of the group and uh like the other aspect is like you mentioned like try, you know the old uh, vision of network of throwing out uh uh business cards like you can't do that currently like it's we're going to be back to that I think sooner definitely sooner than later but it's definitely shown the validity of of an organization that uh has something to offer other than just meeting for lunch and just chatting and creating small clicks like we're 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 cross promoting and trying to help each other and and that's the goal and and that the that and if you come to a meeting you're going to hear about the givers gain philosophy and and just that being like the first core value like it does it does numbers for your business and uh, all the other core values. They just, they just spring up and it's awesome. But that's a, that's a discussion for another day and another, another set of people. So I want to get started with the adventure of uh, Kara Murray and as essentially coming into the construction industry and and joining Allaire Home. So you tell me where you think the starting point is is pertinent. Like, like you don't have to go all the way to, you know, your, you know, your childhood at five years. Just tell me like, you know, you get out of high school and you 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 like most 20 or 18 year olds, you know, we got to find our footing and and figure out what we want to do with life. Some of us it's like 2 3 years, other others it's 10 15 years. Yeah. Tell me, tell me the journey to, to becoming a, a member of Allaire Homes. Oh, well, I'm trying to think of a way to make it really exciting, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, I graduated from high school and I just went right to university and I didn't really know what it was that I wanted to do, but I remember my whole life I loving interior design, architecture, um, just such an appreciation for it. Right. But, um, for whatever reason, I just, I never really pursued it. And, um, but I've, I was always into it, always loved it. Um, and then, yeah, I just went into a whole different field. I started going through um, more into social services fields. Okay. And um, what was interesting is that in that field, like a lot of working with people, working with families, finding out what it is they, that they need and want and, and actually working with group homes and people in group homes too. So actually even um, maybe this sort of seeing how people, live in their own yeah. homes right and some of the challenges when you have physical disabilities or developmental disabilities and stuff so always sort of was in that route um my husband grew up um around construction his family was in construction and um so we've always had an appreciation for it and then somewhere maybe midlife crisis we're like why don't we do something we absolutely <laughs> love right <laughs> and so um so yeah so we had actually started talking to somebody from a lair five years ago a uh, wonderful guy named Jamie Affleck. He was, I believe, the, the person who suggested that Allaire should 
should franchise. And he was the first um, franchise owner. Um, and so at that time, we didn't think it was a really good fit. We had a, a young daughter and, you know, weren't sure if like, oh, we should just do a whole change here. But then last year, um, we decided we would wait until apparently a pandemic before we would <laughs> start a new business, right? Go big or go home. So, <laughs> so we reconnected with the, the team at Allaire and um, yeah, and we reached out to them and um, started you know, researching, joining them, like joining that process again, and um, just such a great team. And so we decided to move forward. And now we are having a blast. We're learning so much. We have an amazing project manager who's got such great technical experience, but such good um, ability to work with people during stressful situations, yeah. which I think we can all agree when you're building a, a house for hundreds of thousands of dollars it's stressful <laughs> and so oh, man right now that's like it's probably twofold right right, right? lumber the lack of supplies the trades are so busy um yeah. yeah so um it's been fun but we've had um a lot of learning going on but a lot of support and um yeah that's awesome so now that uh in my research, the fact that you mentioned that uh, you you have a background in uh, social services, I, I noticed on your website that you had a little like infograph of uh, basically like when you have your own home, your own space, something that you've created, you had like facts of how that actually affects your personal life. I think like um, I... <laughs> you can correct me if I'm wrong or like you had uh, people felt that they were 80% healthier than having like a space that they've created more. You had all these neat little facts about people, you know, the, the, the benefit of having a home that's yours essentially like uh, yeah, there's definitely an adventure associated with it and stress and gray hairs that come with it. But that's, that's awesome. Like now, now I kind of see connect the dots of kind of like maybe uh, your, your mission statement uh, uh, in inside, you know, in building in the St. Albert region, essentially. Yeah. And well, it's interesting too, because being in the social services field, I'm just, I'm very passionate about universal design and aging in place. So when you're talking about people having their own home, um, you know, and feeling, you know, their mental health is better, all that. Well, can you imagine you have your own home, but you can't function in 85% of it because of some, you know, physical disability, um, you know, or it's, it's just, it's so frustrating. Some of these basic things that we take for granted, you know, other people or even kids, even kids, yep. you know, they can't reach the light switches, you know, they're scared <laughs> of the dark, but they can't even reach the light to turn it on. So um, that's actually something that I'm so passionate about. And I'm really wanting to bring to Allaire and um, well, you know, specifically St. Albert, but the, you know, whole Edmonton region, we really want to push this um, aging in place and universal design. Um, yep. You know, especially we've seen with, you know, seniors, they, they, I shouldn't say all of them, but a lot of them want to stay in their own home, but they just, it's just maybe not the most feasible. Yeah. So we've seen with COVID, for example, what can happen when they're all in seniors facilities and then St. Albert a couple of days ago, right? The fire. Yeah. Citadel. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just something that I'm really passionate about and we're all, you know, we're all one accident or one illness away from a disability 
ourselves. So people often think, oh, it doesn't apply to me because I'm not 85 years old or I'm not in a wheelchair, but um, it's, it's very, ex- I shouldn't say it's very expensive. It's, it's, it's maybe more cost-effective to think about those things as you're building a home. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Retrofitting it. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of with having that social services background. And then my love for the construction industry. Um, I, I really want to bring that element. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting uh, that you mentioned that. Cause I'm a, I'm a proponent of, uh, of, of pre-planning and getting those things. And it's almost, it's almost in some ways kind of a filter for like the, uh, a client that's the right fit. Cause if they, they see that information and they, they, they uh, identify with pre-planning and, and future, future considerations, like usually, even though when your, your price is uh, probably higher, higher than the other two guys or three guys that they looked at, they'll, you know, nine times out of 10 say, you know, I'm picking you because you had all these ideas. Uh, first, uh, you you actually listened to to our potential needs, and and you know it makes sense to invest in those things as opposed to like you know you build this bathroom and then ten years down the road you know you got to try and put grab bars in, but there's no way to put a grab bar in, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's the really great thing. Like you're exactly right, and that's the great thing about custom homes too, is we really get to you know build what the client wants. Um, but this is that's what I love about the universal design is like you said, just take it to that next level where we can build you what you want, but are you even aware of what you might need? Um, you know, cause sometimes we're living with things that we just think we have to cope with, like, you know, arthritis. Some people would be like, well, how are you going to adjust my home? I have arthritis. You know what? We don't put doorknobs. We put <laughs> right. Like little things. It, they're huge things. It's always the little things are, are the, the huge different make makers, oh. whether it's, it's a d- design or a preventing a, a catastrophe, like a water damage or something like that. It's, it's, it's one little thing that, that makes the difference. And sometimes, and, I'm, I think you'll probably agree the people that hear that and say, yeah, those are the things that are going to ensure like I don't have trouble or I'm going to have a, a healthy, healthy home, healthy home insight down the road. Like those are the people that you want to attract. Yes, for sure. For sure. And those little things are the ones that can easily get overlooked because they are little. Yeah. Right? You think you need some grand solution or something, but sometimes <laughs> those little things um, our, our project manager, his wife is um, a physical therapist. And some of the stuff that she's telling me that you could do in a home, um, say for somebody with Parkinson's or, you know, somebody who has cerebral palsy, like little things I don't even think of, right? Like yeah. for example, certain patterns on the floor can make people with Parkinson's dizzy and they can fall over. So, you oh, know what, we install flooring that doesn't have that pattern on there, right? Like just yeah. It's wonderful. That's actually uh, really interesting. I never even even knew that. Like you know, I'm most people might think uh, maybe like flashing lights for people that uh, are susceptible to seizures, but like ah, just a pattern that just throws you throws you off. And I think we've all probably experienced that somewhere in our life, whether it's like a fun house or something like that. So like you don't you don't want to build a fun house. That's that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to I wanted to dig a little bit deeper if if we could th- okay. to the decision like of of uh, starting your own business now um, your husband had a, 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 a background in construction 
now did was it more of um was it more of an opportunity i would i would assume it's probably not because you decided to start in the middle of a pandemic which <laughs> i think i think was the best choice because it's always you're you, i think you have a higher chance of succeeding and keeping six keep on succeeding when you start in lean times but um i i guess like was it was it uh and i'll use myself as an example was it because you felt you uh, you you hit a wall in your personal growth or or like i said the first option wasn't an opportunity like uh, speak a little bit to why you said let's 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 enter the construction realm <sighs> yeah i don't know i feel like maybe jerry mcguire you know we had the bad pizza or something <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what, like I said, uh, my husband, he had talked to Jamie um, years ago about doing it. We hadn't thought it was really right at the time, but but then we had always watched Alaire and we had always thought, you know, what if, and then we got to this point where, um, you know, we got back in, into communication with them and um, just started talking about it. And it was my husband that wanted to do it. And then he's like, you know what, I want to do it with you. Why don't we do it together? Right. And um and for whatever crazy reason, I don't know. <laughs> we were always excited about it, I guess. And we just reached a point where we thought, you know what? Um, yeah, let's challenge ourselves. Like, you know, we didn't don't, you know, like we did not kid ourselves. We did not think it would be easy. Um, like I said, we rely heavily on a wonderful project manager. Um, so at no point did we think we would just go in there and, and you know, it'd be a walk in the park. It's not, it's, it's hard work and it's rewarding work, but it's challenging, right? We've really had to, you know, steep learning curve and stuff, but um, I don't know if we would have just done it on our own. I think because we had the support of Allaire and the franchise model yeah. and utilizing, you know, their head office that, you know, the bookkeeping and the social media and all the amazing partners throughout uh, Canada and the States that are extremely available to us like the it's just amazing the support so you know if we have troubles we got somebody who can help us out if we've got great ideas they're there to help support those so um i think that's why we did it i think that's why we did it was because there was already a bit of a system and a support network there oh for sure that's yeah. that's huge uh you yeah. probably cut five years off your learning curve of of uh of entering the construction realm uh and and you're extra actual actually able to concentrate on on the creation and even probably the tools to create are probably already there uh to build a build a a, a local vision for alaire homes yeah. the question that pops into my hand uh, uh is like is where did alaire home start like is that an alberta-based business that franchise or did it start somewhere else no it started on the islands um i believe it was nanaimo yeah, oh, cool. there. and then um, it was uh, a pretty successful model. And then, like I said, Jamie here in Edmonton, um, I, I don't know how he knew, but he knew the he knew Blair who started it. And um, and he's like, you know, this is a really good model you have. Have you thought about franchising it? And then they started developing it. And so then I, Edmonton, I think, was was one of the models. And I, I don't I want to say I want to say it's been close to 10 years. It might have might have been a little bit more but it's a, it's around that and um yeah well, so it takes now, a long time yeah <laughs> to yeah. franchise and build the systems and and be able to to convince people like especially like like i don't i it's it's probably unheard of to actually have a, a functioning like 
construction franchise like you you kind of hear like the subcontractors like uh mechanical companies junk removal companies those are kind of like franchisees and franchisers and things like that but to actually have like a gc company like i alaire's the only one that i have heard that's a franchise and the cool thing is, is i didn't even know that like I, i'm i'm a 99 positive i've heard the alaire name before in other capacities but no idea that it you know there are individual franchises and entities in the yeah. uh, in alberta period which is yeah. cool yeah alberta i uh i could be totally wrong i hope that nobody from alaire is going to correct me if i'm wrong but i think they're they be- should they should <laughs> correct us <laughs> I think there's eight in Alberta currently. Yeah. yeah. Then there's quite a few in Toronto or sorry, Ontario. Yeah. Um, BC, of course. And then all down in uh, the States, there's quite a few. So oh, cool. interesting, like, yeah, it's, it's been about 10, 12 years, but yet it's really expanded fast. And what I really have to say about it though, is that everybody's very accessible. And like you said, there is the franchise model, but what I love about Alaire is that they're constantly still trying to do uh like improvements right yeah. it's okay well if we can tighten our system or some partners have some good ideas so everybody's welcome at the table to sort of um give their feedback and, and help yeah. improve the process and so it's been like i said i just i don't me and zach i don't think we would have been doing this um we couldn't have started from scratch i don't think we would have been able to um no i shouldn't say that it would have been a lot harder and more arduous and you oh, know. <laughs> you know, you know, this right? is this is the part of the the learning curve like and this is this is what will the the listeners will eventually learn of all the hardships involved uh in starting a business there's plenty of rewards it just it takes a really long time so like if you can learn from anybody or and which franchises are great because like the tool the tools are there to to help you like the yeah. franchise wants you to succeed at the end of the day yeah there's criteria to join a franchise and and this and that and and maybe um i was gonna say maybe there's some creative constraints but i don't think that's necessarily true in in construction right i mean (laughs) you're 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 at at the end of the day you're working on the the vision of the customer so like it's it's pretty much still a blank canvas i guess the only thing is you just need to represent the alert brand in their vision right yeah which is again why everyone's so vested in your success right and so in the edmonton area there's six of us yeah uh, the greater edmonton area Mm -hmm. and um and it's amazing like you would think theoretically we're all in competition it's not like that at all it's amazing it's absolutely amazing the support you can just call another partner another pm you know and and get that and stuff so it's a really yeah it's a really great uh group of people and it like i said from the people i know um outside of Edmonton, like, you know, in various parts of Canada and the States, it's, it seems to be a very big cultural thing. So, um, and we actually have, we actually have a magazine coming out. We're going to have, uh, yeah, Solaire's got two, I think it's going to be twice a year. It's going to be online, like, and yep. uh, some hard copies. So awesome. yeah, pretty exciting. Get to meet some of the other Alaire partners. So is that just for the franchisees or is that something, some, if someone signed up to the, the webpage, could they get their hands on it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's actually, be- I saw the, uh, the proof of the online version. It's beautiful. It's really nice. nice. Yeah. So it just gives you a little bit, you know, just information about a layer, 
home, decorating, you know, building, um, and then, you know, some spotlights on some of our, our partners. Yeah. So. That's a great idea. Cause like, I know the castle building group has, uh, has a magazine that I, I, I get as you probably experience with, as with myself, whenever you have time, you can try and flip over, open a book or a magazine to try and bring in those ideas. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you almost have to set like 15 minutes of your weekends. Like, all right, I'm going to flip through magazines, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's such a wonderful industry and in that things are I don't want to say they're always changing, but there's so many different people doing different things and there's so many wonderful yes. products and, and like the artwork and the, the aesthetics that people are building. Like I can't decide what type of style I am because every time I think, Oh, modern farmhouse, then I see somebody who's got, you know, some other style. And I'm like, I love that. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, when it's, it's done right. Right. It's done right. It's like, Oh, I want, I want a colonial style house or I want right. a cape house or I want to, I want a Tuscan house or, yeah. or a Bohemian house. It's the problem is, is like <laughs> some, sometimes you just see, you just see the, the McMansions. Yes. I don't know if you're familiar with that term. I think that's a more of a, a U.S. term or like houses built like 200, 2000 square feet, but it's like, it's just, there's no storage like it's awkward to get in rooms or someone tries to rent reno uh one of those uh a reno a house into something it's not right like though those are the ones that kind of not necessarily turn you off but it like it it uh it hides the true character of the house at the end of the day right right and i think when it's done right any character looks good you yeah. know any, any design but it has to be done right like you said or or cohesive i would probably have the type of house that would have a different type in every room because i wouldn't be able to decide what i like yeah then it would just be a mess but. <laughs> <laughs> so you're walking into you from one room you're wa- walking in from some bohemian into some ultra modern but that might make sense i don't know that probably houses in europe have that as well like we that's probably the only downside of social media is sometimes you don't see the true the true right. flavor of <laughs> of a town or a city right <laughs> yeah. you see the yeah. best parts right and the, right. i guess the worst parts too that also that also appears on social media <laughs> yeah the pinches fails right yeah <laughs> yeah now for, for the listeners who might be interested What's it like getting into a franchise? Essentially, you, you mentioned a couple couple key characters in the area that kind of got into it. But like, if you can and and talk about what what you can, how how does how does the system work? Is it the, the same as restaurants or other franchises, or is this something uh, something special? You know what? I think it's like, well, kind of like you said, I think it's something special because you, like you had said, you didn't know any construction companies that are franchised and I, I don't either. Right. And um, so I can only kind of speak. This is my only real experience with the franchise is, you know, I, I did know people years ago that bought a, like a Quiznos franchise. Right. And when you're buying into that, it's like, you know, here's the cost. This is, you know, everything's laid out for you, which cups you're going to use the menu. You So you, you don't really have this this creative ability to build within that um so with a layer it's kind of um you know the franchise is sort of like our systems our logos the support the way we do things but then even within that um you know there's a lot of freedom 
for us to do what we, you know, uh, feel we want to do and how we can take the business where we can take it. I don't really have a true point of comparison, but there's definitely a lot more that ability to create the business, you know, you buy a McDonald's and this is how you do it. Right. And you, here's your, your Big Macs and here's, you know, the design of your restaurant and stuff. And, you know, we just kind of get told we wear the shirts, wear these shirts, right? So, <laughs> um, you know, and here's our process and yep. here's, you know, and then of course the, you know, having more of um, the whole brand, right? Like we wouldn't go and do something that's off brand. So, but like I said, it's, it's, it's a perfect balance for me. I think that in that we're buying into the system and we're getting that support, but then we still have that room to, to develop how we want to develop the, the company. So, yeah, I don't know if that kind of gives you exactly everything that. Oh, uh, well, it, it definitely like it, it opens the question. So what I guess what what is on brand for Alara? Like what's what's the target market? Like what kind of projects are they are they setting you up to acquire and, and succeed at? Right. Um, well, again, it's what's really great about a layer is again, it's kind of even specific on where you are. Right. And what's, you know, what's working like in Edmonton, there's a lot of infills Mm -hmm. in Albert, not really as much. Right. Um, But overall, the idea is that, you know, to build more luxury homes, right. The custom made luxury homes, that's kind of what we're all aiming for. Um, So, um, but then there, like I said, there's, there's some just in the area, right. That are also doing, um, farms and doing acreages and some, and commercial, right. Some hundred unit, um, uh, a hundred units that are going up in, in Edmonton or multiplex. Right. So it's sort of, it's kind of, um, you know, doing infills, doing major renovations. Um, yeah. So it's kind of, you know, wherever that individual franchise yeah. is, like what the market needs from them. But, but, you know, that's kind of our target is we're all kind of, you know, yeah. to do those high end luxury homes. Yeah. yeah. Complex, complex units. Now with the, with the multi, multi-unit family dwellings are, are you, are you collaborating or are the individual franchisees still just, just tackling that on their own? Right. Um, well, just the ones that I know of, like there might be some collaborating, you know, um, elsewhere, but yeah. and I think it might be project to project kind of depending. Um, but I don't know if there's a whole lot of the collaboration as opposed to, you know, somebody's got that contract doing that build and then maybe utilizing supports from other yeah. contracts. But I, I personally wouldn't really be able to speak too much to that because yeah. um, we haven't done that. Um, so I, I think it typically tends to be with something like that, that it's just, it's run by the one franchise. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't well, mean it would be, right? Like, no, I mean, you've got the support network, right? Like they appoint you in the right direction or you uh, cross, it's a cross referral, right? Uh, you know, some someone within the area might be better suited for a large multi-unit or, or they might, you know, refer you to uh, a large farmhouse uh, construction build, you know, north of the city or something like yeah. that or in in an area that you you don't typically work um which which is good i mean that's touching again a little bit on bni like the, we've already like you know cross chapter inter chapter and inside chapter referrals of projects that don't necessarily meet your criteria but if you know someone that speaks 
quite a bit to that potential customer. It's like, oh, they don't just say, no, I'm not interested and move on. They're, they're, you're, you're looking to help the customer, your fellow, fellow Alara members or fellow in, uh, business owners at the end of the day, which is, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, I guess that's what I really like about BNI and Alara is it's yeah. like, um, it is so completely collaborative. It's such a win-win, right? And it's, it's just, it's a group of people all working together, which is so refreshing, like, you know, to be able to see that there's not this competition or, um, you know, I have to be successful at your expense. It's just, it's, you know, like it's, <laughs> I think it's there's, there's a certain degree that people get into that and then they might feel that when they, when they get into construction, but if you can get out of that mindset immediately, like, yeah, there's, there's, you know, the amount of work that can be, yeah. that goes around is, is limited, but I think at the end of the day, if you're getting into it to provide like, you know, a premium service at whatever that person or whatever that target audience's budget is, um, you're going to find success at the yeah. end of the day, right? Yeah. And uh, the other people around you are going to help you because they've all been in that same scenario. And, and most that are still in business, you know, I think have discovered that it's like you can't be you can't be in this industry on your own. Like if you're a GC, you're relying on sub trades. If you're a smaller sub trade, you're probably relying on other partners to help you when you start getting into the bigger jobs or telling you how to do something that you haven't seen before. And and the positive networking is always where it's at. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the thing about construction too, there's always going to be something. So you're just going to be, you know what I mean? There's always going to be, there's a, there's not a shortage, I guess. Like you can have a, a quieter time for sure. Yeah. But you're always going to be building houses or renovating or, you know, commercial buildings. It's always going to happen, right? Like we're not living in caves. So um, well, who who knew with that uh, with uh, lumber costs being double that people are still building? Like you'd think there'd be like a, a hard hard stop, a hard pass on building, but yeah. the phone is still ringing uh, for people who want to build lumber heavy projects or stuff like that. Uh, some of them, I think, have like said, "Okay, I'm not ready to spend thirty thousand dollars more than normal." But some people are like, "No, I've had this vision. Like, there's no better time than now." <laughs> Which, yeah. which is mind-boggling, right? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I wish I knew about that. Like last year when everybody's stocking up on toilet paper, right? We'd be, Come on, let's go <laughs> grab some bathtubs and appliances too. God knows when those will be coming in, right? But <laughs> Oh man, I was talking with uh, someone today and he was telling me like uh, he, he bought a loft, a lift of lumber, like uh, kind of I guess at the beginning of the pandemic, I mean, I think he paid for like 900 bucks for a, for like a lift of lumber. And then this year he went to get a price for it and it was $2,800 for, for that lift of lumber. Like it's like almost three times, well, over three times the cost. It's like, geez, but you, you, you got to do it because people, people, yeah. <laughs> they want their projects to go ahead. They don't care if it costs them 30, 40% more. I know. I'm like, we need to tear down our fence and see what we can get for our fence. You know, we'll have. <laughs> oh, that's right? insane! It's insane, yeah. I tell you. It is. I know. And then the yeah, the supply. So it is. It's funny though. A lot of people are still building, um, and, and you know we're finding that. But then it is. It's that added element of stress, right? Which yeah. 
was the importance of having a really good project manager who can manage the projects and try to eliminate as much of that stress as they can, but also then can really be there. I don't want to say a counselor, not quite that dramatic, but somebody that can be there for the, for the clients and, you know, reassure them and listen to them and, and, you know, you know, kind of help them not be so stressed. Cause I mean, it was stressful and pushing back, not just the lumber, but then pushing back the the date of when your house is ready or your rentals are done. Right. Yeah. It's just finding the, the alternative that fits, fits the scenario is Mm -hmm. another thing we, you know, we've had it where we've put in temporary fixtures or changed materials or changed brands just because we couldn't, we couldn't um, get, get the material that we needed uh, or the part that we needed. Um, It's, it was kind of even forecasted personally on a project. Like I had one plumbing part that I'm pretty sure I waited six months to Mm. get. Everything else worked, but I was just missing the diverter, the diverter handle. They gave me a temporary one that was like, like everything else was kind of contemporary. And then I had the diverter handle, which was like ultra modern. It's like, <laughs> it's stuck out like a sore thumb. <laughs> but well, and I'm hearing of people doing the same thing, keeping the old um, appliances, right? And then stop them putting them back in until there's commands. So you got this beautiful new kitchen and then you got some like 1985 Kenmore fridge, you know? <laughs> I might be experiencing that in the all near future personally. And it's like, now I don't feel so bad that we couldn't buy like the brand new. <laughs> the only thing I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not um, giving up those is uh, the gas stove. I was spoiled in, in our original, our first house with the yeah. gas stove. And I'm definitely hurting not having that. Ah, I guess I've kind of gotten over it, but it's going to be, it's going to be a joyous occasion when the gas stove is installed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know those, they're amazing. Once you have them, it's hard to go back. Oh man. Did you hear um, in BC, they've been talking like to be more, uh, carb or greenhouse gas um, conscious. They're actually, I think they're planning to change the building code to try and eliminate as many gas fired appliances as possible. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're trying to encourage. I, I, I say encourage, but I also like in my mind, when I read the article, I almost thought that they were going to try and make uh make, you know, try and eliminate any gas appliance. Of course, like, you know, you're still going to have the freedom to do it. But I think like when it comes to like spec homes and stuff like that, I think you're going to start seeing like electric hot water tanks and uh, different heating systems. I mean, they've got the climate to do it, I guess, in, in some areas, but it's, it's going to be interesting. They were the first ones to ban doorknobs on new builds. Like you cannot put a doorknob on any new builds. Yeah. It has to be all levered. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Which makes sense. <laughs> you know what it's so interesting like I'm just in this field you're just sort of learning why things are done a certain way like that you wouldn't know you just take for granted right yeah. like um I guess I guess before I got into it, it was always like I said I was always uh had some interest in it but like the art of it I guess I had this idea that you know you just go in and you slap some walls and you know but there's <laughs> such an art to it and and yeah. um yeah, it's quite interesting. I'm I'm actually loving it. I'm loving learning the details and, and yeah. stuff that I'm aware of before. Like I said, I can go into a show home and I can be like, oh, this is beautiful. But you know, to really understand the work that went behind it and the designing and the planning and why things are the way they are. Um, <laughs> I, I do I find that so interesting. Wait, yeah. uh 
maybe uh maybe since um zach has uh been in the uh the construction industry you've probably noticed like when he walks into a building and he's just looking around and he's like <laughs> he's looking around and he's like not paying attention he's like why are you looking at walls or looking at the ceiling for no reason i know my wife says that she's like what are you thinking about what did you notice because i've actually been in show homes uh show homes in the city where I could see holes where like they had to, you know, fix the textured ceiling because they messed up on something or something or other. Like I, I could pick out like the errors in a, in the show home yeah. that, you know, to me, like wouldn't never fly in like, uh, you know, a custom home build, like, the, you know, would a client accept like, oh, we put the light in the wrong position. So like, we're just going to patch the textured ceiling. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I would not accept that. That's why I like flat ceilings, but because <laughs> yeah. you can fix it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, patching yeah. and texture is an art form. You know what? It is. It again. Till I got into this field, I really, I guess I, I really underestimated the art. The yeah. art, not just you know physical labor. There's a real art and a real technology involved in every step of it. You yeah. know, and having one wrong can just you know just can have a ripple effect right yeah. like i've seen amazing work done and i've seen some really bad work done and um and i'm not even super technical right like i'm not a tech technical person but if i can really notice it yeah. and you're like oh how did this get past the project managers and contractors <laughs> right? like i can see it you know yeah. and i you know my eyesight's not even that great so uh yeah it's a matter of um who you work with and you'll you'll find that quickly uh, the people that are are um at the same level i guess and it's not necessarily technical but like just having the the value of like if this doesn't fly in my home um or this doesn't fly on the home of my gc like yeah. you'll you'll see that very quickly within within your network and uh and again just another friendly plug to bni that's typically why like yeah the trades in that group usually work well together because we we have this level of perfection that we try to achieve yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you you never achieve it you're always looking on the next one it's like all right yeah sure the client was ecstatic of how we did it but how can how can i outmatch the, yeah. that client's expectation right or yeah. surprised expectation right yeah well like you said even with the you know working it with the group and bni there's that professionalism there for sure but then there's also that you know um if i was using the trades right they're like okay well kara's in bni with me she's contracting us out to come and do this house um not only do i want to be professional but they know me yeah. And if there's problems, we can have that open communication They're They don't want to let the clients down, but they also, you know, don't want to let a fellow BNI person down. And so I think we already have that established trust and relationship. So yeah. I think that's nice too. I think there's just a bit more of a, a vested interest, you know, not, yeah. not, not to say you, you wouldn't be professional if you didn't have that. I'm not saying that at all, but I just, I think there's a vested interest in when you're working with people who've been referred to you or that you've met through these BNI or whatever, you know, there's, you really want to maintain those relationships too, right? So yeah, I find that relationships and accountability to to, yeah. to deliver uh, the the proper final product. Yeah, and would that that would lead into a question I had? Like, was there a misconception a misconception you had when you heard the term 
construction franchise was there something like in your mind when someone spoke to you to that spoke to you it's like oh Lara's a franchise you should buy the franchise like was there a warning flag that popped in your head in regards to that hmm. no no, no? I, I think I think my warning was like oh my gosh we're like in our 40s and we're gonna do like a 180 in our <laughs> start this that was my warning sign but then I had a glass of wine and that went away <laughs> Um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know, well, you know what? And I guess maybe the reason I didn't is because um, so the regional partners in Alberta, who are the ones that you know would grant us the rights for franchise in in Alberta, well, we met with them and we were talking to them for months, right? And then of course we go through a vetting process, and then we also put them through a vetting process. So um, I think just getting in those conversations didn't have any of us committed. But then we got like very much like BNI, right? You're getting, you're developing those relationships. And um, so we probably, from the time when we actually signed, when the, from the time we were talking to them to when we actually signed was probably a good five or six months. And, yeah. um, you know, talking to people from head office, talking to other, you know, owners throughout North America. Mm -hmm. um, so that by the time we decided to do it, we felt, we felt pretty good with it. And like I said, too, if, if, if we had to start it on our own, it would have been pretty tricky. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And I guess too, like I said, the idea of a franchise versus what we were seeing that you got with the construction franchise, there was yeah. still the element of, you know, it was like a, a framework and certain expectations and policies, but within that it was our business. Right. So, you know, we could go with which trades we wanted to, we weren't stuck with saying, okay, we have to buy these meat patties from this, you know supplier with that's McDonald's. a good analogy right because <laughs> that's a great franchise too but that wasn't the model we wanted right yeah. we wanted the, that ability that it would still be ours and we could still create it um so yeah and again like it's not saying it's been easy it hasn't been easy um but it's been fun and it's been yeah. um it's it's pushed us to grow and learn more and get out of our comfort zone so yeah, I wouldn't say there was really a red flag um, in regards to the franchise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, and then, and just for the listeners, that's not what I was getting at for uh, the that that a franchise would have a, a, a red flag. I mean, there's probably some out there. Um, I, you always hear horror stories of people trying to franchise, but like when you're, when you're 15 years plus into a franchise that ha allows you creativity um, and it's still here, uh, that's good. If anyone's looking for an easy read, um, about franchises. Uh, I really enjoyed Jim Trevling's uh, autobiography. Uh, he's the person who um, turned Boston Pizza into a franchise. Uh, he bought it off, uh, I think, it, I want to say, is it, or was it a Greek or an Italian uh, family in Edmonton? And, you know, just he just went through the, the, uh, the learning curves and the, the expansions and the retractions that boston pizza experience and, and like you said like you know we're fortunate that uh i guess creative people can get into construction because you, you hear franchise and you think mcdonald's and you think all those those kind of places where there, like you said there is no there is no creativity and it, it takes a different type of person to to in to get into that industry and you like saying you know 
a 180 at 40. Uh, I think the only misconception I, I could say is like, it's never too late, that it's too late to start in construction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. If, if at 40, uh, you, you decide to start a business, that's, uh, that's the mantra. I think of this podcast is like, there's never a better time than now. <laughs> right. you know, and it's been an adventure. Why, you know, exactly. I, I'm with you on that. I think it's it's always fun to just keep learning and doing things. And yeah, it's it's, it's been a whirlwind. It's been <laughs> some, especially like I said, during the pandemic. Yeah. On top of it. But, oh, yeah. It's everything. Everyone's learned so much in the pandemic, not just in construction, but all all the other all the other people involved, you know, whether it's the restaurant industry, which, which is hurting very, very badly right now. So uh, yeah, definitely order out, um, you know, the healthcare system and, and not, not just the fact that people are in the hospitals, but like how far you can push the, the a human being to, to make life, make life happen uh, yeah. or save a life, not necessarily make life happen, but save a life and, you know, try and keep your own, personal personal life healthy and safe and and your mind sane i guess at the end of the day so and this is the awesome part of the podcast is we're just flying like it's just we're flowing so well like i looked at the time and it's like we're i'm trying to be respectful of everyone's bedtime so we're almost we're almost out of time so the last thing i wanted to there are two things that hopefully (laughs) hopefully don't don't make us hit like 11 a.m which or 11 p.m which is which is fine but i don't think well is there is there a a construction trend that is speaking to you or is there a trend you're trying to start and this can be anything it doesn't have to be uh, a design detail it doesn't have to be a construction detail it can be hr related it could be social media it could be community related uh charity related even like what what is a movement that you're trying to uh trying to create or maintain momentum in well, I think I've sort of talked about it to you before, um, like earlier on, and I know I talked about BNI, but the universal design and the yeah. aging. Yeah. That is something that I'm so passionate about. And I just, I don't think that the general population really fully um, appreciates it. I think they kind of think, oh, it's accessible, right? Or it's for seniors. And, um, you know, we have the baby boomers, like the, the young baby boomers are like, what are they, 55, 60? Um, you know, they're getting up there. And, and I was at a conference uh, last week and um, one of the research companies said that in Canada alone over the next two years, um, you'll never believe this number, guess what you think is going to be spent on retrofitting these homes so that they're accessible for the seniors? In two years, what do you think? Okay, uh, I looked this up. There's about seven, there's seven million buildings in Canada uh, we add something about 180,000 buildings every year. Um, I don't know where I'm going with trying to flex <laughs> these numbers that I learned the other day. I think, I think you're going to spend. <laughs> sorry, <I don't> <laughs> the question the question you asked made me jump to a video I watched recently about these types of questions. I'm gonna throw it out a number, something like it's gonna be 375 million or something like that. It's probably way it could be way off, but in the same sense, I could be close. Well, and the funny thing, and that's why I mean, I don't think anybody would guess this. In two years, Canadians in the next two years, Canadians are gonna pay 
$44 billion <laughs> on making their homes more um, like accessible for yep. free. Well, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't just say seniors. I should say aging in place. So people that are coming up that will be seniors soon yep. and stuff. In the next two years, this, this research company said 44 billion. So, um, you know, and they're talking about by 2030 that all homes will have a good level of universal design in them, like nice. new homes, right? Oh, well, they need it. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, we're aging and houses are going up, the land's getting smaller and they're getting up higher. Yeah. Right. And so mobility, it becomes an issue. So you start seeing people putting, you know, elevators or at least roughing in the shafts. So the elevator Crazy. can be later. So that's something I am so big on. And like I said, I've, from social services, I've seen, you know, young adults and kids with disabilities and in their, in their home and they can't really, you know, it's so limiting. So that's something I am so major passionate about. So the, yeah, that's my, that's my big thing. In fact, every time somebody sees me, they're like, Oh God, here's Kara. She's going to talk about universal. <laughs> here's a, here's a quick contest. I'm just curious. Like, do you, have you put an elevator in a home yet or in a renovation? No, oh, no, no. Um, but we've definitely been um, reaching out and we haven't other layers have yeah. say, other layers have, um, but um, we haven't yet. No, but this is something like I've talked to people, like people with the city, both like St. Albert and Edmonton and planners and, and they're saying, yeah, this is more of more of a trend. And yeah. if a house in St. Albert comes up for sale and it's got an elevator in it, it doesn't even, it doesn't even get listed like it it's gone it's off yeah just... and they're getting and they're getting more cheaper and efficient people think yeah. you know hotel elevators no no it's not like that you know you're not gonna be paying that kind of money for it it's actually I mean, a really really but... good local local company and this is a free free drop uh ram manufacturing who i've who i've worked with um <laughs> Humble brag, I've, I've put four, I think, four or five elevators. Uh, and this, again, the history of Kyle in the construction industry, working for the WCB, making barrier-free homes for injured workers. So if you ever need... If you ever need a, a second opinion or a quick advice, I am open. <laughs> All I can say is try and get the straightest lumber you can find because it makes your life so much easier. I see a premium on that lumber. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I've been fortunate in some scenarios where we were able to use like engineered lumber that made our life really easy. But I've also taken apart other people's attempts at building uh, elevators where they forgot to deduct like drywall or account for drywall right. <laughs> inside of their elevator. Yeah. So it's, it's, there's, can't speak enough about pre-planning. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So this is the part, how, how do people find Kara and Alaire Homes? What's the best way for them to get in contact? It, if you've got something that you want to plug for for yourself and the business, this is the time to do it. So what's the best way to, to, to get in touch with you? Um, well, I think probably the easiest way for people to remember is just to uh, go um, alairestalbert.com. And that'll bring up our, you know, our contact information. That'll give you um, access to the blogs we've written, the stuff we've got on universal design, um, some of the pictures of our work. I mean, we're still, I think we're still trying to update it and get some more things yeah. going, but that's, that's probably the easiest. Um, it's impressive. Okay. It'll Sorry. be in the show. It's impressive. I, I was looking at it and uh, the, the link will be in the show notes. Yeah. Oh, perfect. And Thank as well as uh, your, your LinkedIn, if that's cool, I'll, I'll put your LinkedIn as well. So they can, they can that's visit cool. you and contact you there, but 
by the sounds of it, the website's the best way or just Google. Anything else you want to plug? Um, geez, I should, this is my opportunity. Hey, and I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be more opportunities. I mean, when, when, when we drop the podcast, people can drop any, you can drop any other notes or comments or anything on any, any of the platforms you see it and, and uh, any information like that's always, I think, the scary part for some people. I don't know if it's because, like, we're the generation that still had newspapers before, like, the internet was a thing, right? Like, you know, you you wrote the ad and then you go to look at it the, the next week and you you misspelt, like, 47 words in, in your ad or something, right? <laughs> you paid four extra cents a letter to bold the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be, you'll have opportunities to fix anything errors or omissions you can tell me if i messed up on stuff too that's uh it's it's great podcast news so um if there's nothing maybe i will i i did think so our instagram is all kind of under the edmonton area so on instagram it's uh alaire edmonton and you can find not like not obviously not just our work but like you know all of uh the greater edmonton area but you can see you know a lot of the work that people have been doing and meet some of the team and it's a really great I think it's a great Instagram account. Um, Awesome. Yeah. So that'd probably be one. And if you also do hashtag creating art YEG, um, then you can see that, uh, you know, it's a lot of builders are actually using that and sharing sort of the art behind uh, construction and buildings. So um, building art, not creating art, building art. Um, So there's some wonderful, um, you know, again, not just a layer, but there's, you know, some really wonderful um, examples of the art behind construction and design and building. So that's the hashtag building art Yeg. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was, that did, I did have a, I did, it did jog my memory that uh, there was, there was something that uh, you had spoken to a, a couple of times. So that's perfect. That'll be in the show notes as well. Yeah. Anything else? No. Awesome. Uh, Fantastic. Kara. I, so much appreciate you jumping on board and and coming on the podcast you you did awesome and uh, this will be another smashing smashing <laughs> episode oh well thanks it was really fun it's fun actually it's just a nice natural conversation great like i would hate to be like really boring and <laughs> just humdrum <laughs> yeah well, ripped it about the time that i <laughs> yeah. oh I say if there's any any kind of conversation or interview, bullet point is the way to go. Don't write a script. Do the no. bullet point. Leave leave the script to the theater and and the artists and the actors. Like yeah. let let it just flow from you because it's the way to go. But uh, other other than that, have a good night. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. You too. Okay. See you later. There you have it. Thanks a lot, Kara, for joining us on this episode of our podcast. It was a pleasure. Well. The only other thing for housekeeping items for this episode is new followers. I'd like to thank McCormick011 for following us. And pretty much that's it. There you have it. Make sure all you listeners, make sure you rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. So far, that is either on our website at dynamicgeneralcontractingltd.com under the Podbean app, under the Prairie Contractor Podcast, or Google or Apple Podcasts. So, other than that, we hope you all had a pleasant long weekend, and we will see you later.
You're listening to a dynamic, innovative podcast.